Today on the Locked On Ole Miss podcast, we tell you which unit on defense is the unit to watch for the 2023 season. Also, we talk about the changing media landscape that we are currently undergoing in sports right now. Plus, what is the Cooper Pratt problem? We'll show our work. We'll tell you what's, what it's all about right here on the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and, in fact, available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, more likely Ole Miss every day. Hi, I'm Stephen Willis, and this is the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast. There is a lot of stuff happening on the defensive side of the ball. Transfers have come in all over on the defensive front and in the secondary, but there's one area of this defense that was not stocked up on after spring, and that is the linebacker position. And Ole Miss is probably where they want to be linebacker-wise, just judging by the fact that they didn't chase anybody in the portal. They grabbed all the defensive backs and all the defensive linemen, but the linebacker position was kind of left kind of at the status quo. And the reason we think that is is because they are fairly stacked at that position and have a over too deep at this point. Ashanti Seastrunk is currently a top five highest graded returning SEC linebacker. Monty Montgomery has been rated on the 2023 preseason all-transfer team. He came in in January. Jeremiah Jean-Baptiste is um, fitting in easily with the Ole Miss football, uh, according to Chuck Roundsville. Santarian Perkins is also there, and everybody's talking about what he could bring to the defense. And then Kari Coleman as well is showing up. Um for this Ole Miss's linebacker core, and that's not including like Tyler Banks and Snoop White and those guys. This linebacker core has a chance to be pretty good. And that's not including any of the Jacks like DJ Holmes or Chamberlain Campbell or anything like that. Just what they have now, those two interior positions, they are in really good shape. And I think that is interesting because you have some different styles in this linebacker unit, although all are really athletics. You have Kari Coleman, who was a, was a converted defensive end. He can really get after the quarterback. We saw him last season against Troy. It showed just that. You have Jeremiah Jean-Baptiste, who's really athletic and gets sideline to sideline, but is known as a little bit of, th- of a thumper as a middle linebacker. You have Ashanti Seastruck, who we've talked to him on the show just an unbelievably solid football player. You have Monty Montgomery, who we've talked about many, many times, and my everydayers can attest to this. When we played him in 2021, until he got ejected for targeting, he was a problem. And he's got this absolutely crazy sacks and TFL numbers because of his athleticism. He honestly reminds me a little bit, and this is what I think Ole Miss should look for with him playing linebacker, He's a little bit of a, a Sedarius Bryant-type clone at the linebacker position. Unbelievably athletic, a little bit undersized, but will make plays in the backfield and kind of move the line of scrimmage back. And then you have Suntarian Perkins, who 
as I've told everybody multiple times, he has never sat on a field, never stepped on a field where he wasn't the best player on it. That will probably change August 1st or 2nd or whenever that first practice is. But to this point, and I'm including the Under Armour game in that, by the way, I'm not. Whenever they played 11 on 11, and this is the one time I've been able to put just put eyes on Suntarian Perkins of what type of player he could be. Whenever 11 on 11 happened and they played real football, he was the best player on that field. Now it's an all-star game and that doesn't really stand out from time to time because real football players is not what an all-star game is all about. But whenever they did that, he showed out. Both players for Ole Miss that were at that Under Armour game were really, really good. I liked him, Suntarian, and Aiden Williams. And also, if you're a 2024 Ole Miss commit that's looking for an all-star game to go to and you can go to the Under Armour game, do that one. I'll be there um, to cover that game as well. So, it's interesting. What many people for six months have said this is a weakness of this team. When everything shakes out, it could be a strength. And that's because of the players that were in the room because of whenever they were calling it a weakness. It's the strangest thing. But I look forward to seeing exactly what they can do on the football field this fall. Whenever they line up against Mercer, Tulane, and all that, the linebackers are going to be a huge part of this defense. And if you don't believe me, look at what the impact Henry Toa Toa was able to have in this Pete Golding defense last year. If you're a good player and you can make plays at linebacker, you're kind of opened up and free to do that. Really interesting. Now, this is a interesting show because I'm trying to fit four topics into three segments. So bear with me a little bit if it's a little bit clunky. But I did want to put this out as well. You can see that the New York Times has basically laid off their sports department. And they've bought the uh, athletic and laid off their beat reporting department and will use the athletic to report on their sports section. And David Locke, who is the CEO of my company, good guy, he's the host of the Locked On Jazz podcast, by the way, if you're an NBA fan. He says, sports is driven by the passion of the fan for their team. The love, the anguish, the joy, the despair, and all of the emotions that comes with being a fan of your team. Locked On will be here for you and your team every day. Now, looking at the New York Times and laying off and, and the way that money is negatively impacting the coverage of your sport and your team, and it's happened up at ESPN. ESPN's had layoffs recently as well, where talent and things get cut back as well. They're, they're in the middle of trying to reshape a way to try and make money covering sports. And they've tried just about everything. But the problem is people do not want to pay for content anymore. They just don't. If you look at the subscriber service, and this is not an insult towards the subscriber services at Ole Miss, but they have about 10,000 subscribers. If you took every subscriber of Rebel Grove and Inside the Rebels and the Ole Miss Spirit and put it in Vault hemingway Stadium, they could fit in the north end zone. 
who takes care of the other 50,000 fans that are in that stadium? And that is why I started doing this, is for them. It is not important to me what those 10,000 people do. My interests are people that want to go to games, want to be fans, but are not willing to pay for the product. And because of that, Locked On, in their model, with what they're doing, we're going to look at this situation in 10 years, and it's going to be locked on in that model at the top. SIDs are going to notice that and then realize that the locked on host do not need the SIDs. To where media relations of colleges just becomes a throwaway type thing. But this is going to be really interesting as this gets worse because it's going to get worse. Everybody talks about ESPN. Do you know why ESPN laid off those hosts? It's because they are changing models from the current cable way to a direct-to-consumer model. They want to be like a Paramount Plus type deal where you can buy ESPN all on its own. Now, they don't want to upset the apple cart too much and they want to try and have their cake and eat it too, but they realize that there's going to be growing pains in doing this, and because of that, they needed to shed some seven-figure salary from talent. That's what happened. New York Times, people aren't subscribing to newspapers. They're just not. The first thing that goes when money gets tight are ancillary stuff. The last thing are things just true news. And we're going to have a situation with newspapers probably in the next 10 years where they come out and they're four pages big, just like they were in the Civil War times, and talk about just genuine news stories and yada, yada, yada. And ancillary stuff like sports, they're not going to be in there. Places like The Athletic, they're going to make money now, but they just had layoffs as well because they're not making all that much. So people have a problem paying for content. Now, some will do it. Heck, I pay for content. But you need to be careful stretching out your business model doing that. You have to diversify in this modern world, especially whenever you're covering sports teams and things like that. It's interesting, but I do want to let everybody know that Locked On will be here for you. Whenever all this stuff happens in this media landscape, Locked On will be there for you. We will be there to talk about Ole Miss and have a good time and make it fun, and that isn't going to go away because of all this extra stuff and extra trouble that's happening out in the ecosphere of sports. Now, I do want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet back in bonus bets up to $200. That's right, just 20 bucks and you'll land 200 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200 back. You can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. All in an app that is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. Now, I do realize that Mississippi is a brick-and-mortar casino state. Whenever you want to gamble on sports, you have to go to a casino. I apologize for that. If it just doesn't affect you, this is one way it will. If you are visiting Louisiana, if you are visiting Tennessee, those are both FanDuel states. If you go to New Orleans for the Tulane game, Baton Rouge, 
Shreveport, Delta, Louisiana, which is across the river from Vicksburg, Mississippi, up to Memphis, Tennessee, Jackson, Tennessee, Nashville, Gatlinburg, Knoxville, all of that stuff. You can use the FanDuel Sportsbook app. And there's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel. It's America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get 200 bucks back in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, an official partner of Major League Baseball. Thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Every dayers, we're continuing this March to Media Days, talking about season preview, going game by game to give you information that you need to see. Um, some good stuff. Right now, I think going into this, I think I have Ole Miss at maybe five and two going into the Vanderbilt game. And today we're going to cover Vanderbilt in the third segment. So stick around for that. But first, I do want to let you know about a little bit of a problem that is happening, okay? Cooper Pratt is a signee for Ole Miss and is, was the heir apparent to Jacob Gonzalez when he signed. And there's been many things that have gone on to where they were hoping to get him to school. Now, Jim Callis from MLB, on the live stream yesterday, he said he did a little research on his own, and he believes the Brewers will indeed sign their sixth rounder, Cooper Pratt. That's exciting, and obviously this is a Brewers tweet. So, when you look at that, the opposite side of that was the Ole Miss fan. This is Swayze Crazies that said, Cooper Pratt, the shortstop out of Magnolia Heights, with a six-round pick of the Milwaukee Brewers. His stock should be way higher but this should get him on campus as a diamond rep. Now, there's so many questions right after the draft. These are the two takes that came out right after the draft pick. And I started thinking, like, which one of these is right? Well, one of them is from on the MLB draft broadcast. So, so I'm obviously going to trust him more than just a – random internet site about Ole Miss, even though Swayze Crazy is connected, yada, yada, yada. Okay? But I'm going to take Callie's word more than Swayze Crazy's. And I asked Derek Vandegrift. I was like, hey, what is going on? And he's like, hey, Steve, if a player gets drafted in the first 10 rounds, it's 95% him going pro. So that set the expectations more to believe what um, was being put out by Major League Baseball. A little bit later on, this tweet came out from, um, was what is it, MLB.com. The Brewers will have go over the top to sign sixth rounder and Ole Miss commit Cooper Pratt. I asked a baseball man in the know whether or not he thought they would get the deal done. The answer came back quickly, yes. So this is important to realize what's going on. And then there's several steps that affect. J.D. Urso the rumor is homesick. Either way, he's back in probably Tampa, um, the shortstop from the University of Tampa. That was assumed to be the backup plan for Cooper Pratt. Then when he got homesick and went home, and Cooper Pratt made it through the first day, Ole Miss people started to excel a little bit. They started, the, okay, this guy's coming. Now the rumor is that not only... Is he going to sign with the Milwaukee Brewers in the sixth round? There is no backup plan for Ole Miss baseball. 
So Ole Miss, I asked Derek again, it's like, what needs to happen? And Derek said they need to hit the transfer portal right now and get all of this done because this is, I don't want to say disaster for Ole Miss baseball, but it probably is worst case scenario. Losing both of the two pitchers and Cooper Pratt in the NBA MLB draft is going to be a little bit of a sticking point for Ole Miss baseball moving forward. It, it just is. There's, there's not really a way that you can get around that, honestly. So we'll see what Mike Bianco and company do in the um, transfer portal. Now, was Cooper Pratt the only player that can play shortstop? No. Was J.D. Urso the only player that could back him up? No. So I think, I think Ole Miss will be able to get this done. I think Ole Miss will be able to get the best version of themselves available for the start of baseball season. But make no mistake, Cooper Pratt signing with the Milwaukee Brewers, if and when that happens, is a major, major um, hit against this Ole Miss baseball program. And I think it was Chuck Roundsville that also believes that he is going to sign as well. So that's on the Ole Miss side to go with the Major League Baseball sources that are out there. Uh, it looks like Cooper Pratt is probably going to go the Major League Baseball route. Still a little bit of water to go into that bridge. He has, what is it, three weeks almost to sign. So we'll see exactly what happens, but it looks like that is going to get done. When we come back, we will talk about the Vanderbilt Commodores in our schedule preview. Stick around. Thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Please subscribe there. Every day, we have Charles Stackhouse coming up in the next week or two. Um, that'll be interesting to hear him talk about Ole Miss football as well. Very good interview. I enjoyed the last time I interviewed Charles on this show, but I'm sure he'll provide some good insight as well. Remember, we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, Ole Miss, every Day. Hi, I'm Stephen Willis, and this is the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast. And today we are going to do the Vanderbilt Commodores in our schedule list. Now, I, Ole Miss is currently in my predictions five and two, and the schedule kind of opens up for Ole Miss in the second half of the season if you take away the at Georgia. But the other games, they're all against teams that you'll either be favored in or that you beat last year other than the Georgia Bulldogs. So this is an end of a season that is going to be different than last year's end of the season. The tough games are kind of around that end of September, beginning of October timeframe. So looking at the Vanderbilt Commodores, this is a team that was one game away from going to a bowl game. Clark Lee did a fantastic job. We make jokes about him being robotic, but Clark Lee did a fantastic job last season. Now, if you look at them offensively, they only average 347 yards a game, only 25 points a game. A lot of that is because of the style that they play. They are like that team like Princeton back in the day in basketball. They used to do the modern version of the four corners. They want to run the clock out. They want to slow the game down. In this age of tempo, they want to do the opposite. So they will never be a heavy offensive team, no matter how good they are on that side of the ball but they need to protect it with the talent gap that is on their roster. A.J. Swan is the quarterback to build around for the next few years. I love A.J. Swan. A.J. Swan is a top 10 quarterback in the SEC right now, maybe a top half quarterback. I think he has a chance to get better 
more than most other quarterbacks that are out there on the board. It, Vandy, if they're going, they're going to beat somebody this year because of um, AJ Swan. They also have Will Shepard, that wide receiver that gave Ole Miss fits last year as well. Now, Clark Lee was a defensive coordinator at Notre Dame, so defensively, it's probably tough for him to do. If you remember last year in the Ole Miss game, they actually did a pretty good job of shutting down Zach Evans and Quinshawn Judkins and forced Jackson Dart to beat them, which he ultimately did, throwing for nearly 500 yards. But Carkley did devise a plan, both offensively and defensively, that exposed some weaknesses in the Ole Miss game. So the pass rush last year didn't happen. They had a talent problem. They only had 17 sacks on the year. They have a couple of transfers in Aeneas DeCosmo and Prince Kali. Those are two pretty fantastic names. Um, but defensively, they will be counted on quite a bit as well. Their key to the season is to find a running game. Ray Davis has transferred to Kentucky, um, and I think their backup has transferred as well. So they need to find a running back that can carry the load on that side of the ball. We'll talk about that as well. Prince Kali is the top transfer in. Ray Davis is the top transfer out. And also um, the backup running back, I forget what his name is. He is transferred as well. They do need a third person as well. If you look at the Vanderbilt schedule, they have at Florida and Georgia before an off week, and then they come to Ole Miss. Now, you're looking at a team during that off week. There's not going to be a lot of scheming happening then. It's going to be a lot of recovering because the Georgia Bulldogs are an extremely physical team to play. So Ole Miss has a chance to win this comfortably, honestly. Um, and with Auburn the next week, Vandy has either a winning or even record against the Auburn Tigers, by the way. Just a weird fact. Vandy also has a winning record against the Texas Longhorns. If you look at the punt return average, they gave up 15.2 yards. They only had 4.7. That's probably a testament of the, how little depth there is on that roster and how they have to put in lower players on special teams because tempo, you have to keep people fresh. It's not a situation where a defensive player can play special teams anymore because by the end of the game, they just completely wear down. The first quarter, similar situation. The talent gap that happened, the opponents outscored Vandy 113-65. to Phil Gull's opponents were 15-17. That's a weird number. Vandy was only 7-12. of If you look at the matchup predictor by ESPN and FBI, Ole Miss has an 89.7% chance of winning that game to a 10.3% chance of losing that game. We've all seen Ole Miss and Vanderbilt. This is the last time this game is going to be played annually moving forward. That's absolutely nuts, and we'll see exactly what happens there. If you look at the wins and losses, I'm chalking this one up as a W. There's no world that Vanderbilt should win this game. If they don't win this game, or if they beat Ole Miss, it's a problem. And people might try and justify it over and over, but if Ole Miss is 6-2, and two, and they should be at this point, it's not including a loss to Vanderbilt. So we'll see. Again, you have Texas A&M, which you beat last year, at Georgia, which nobody expects to win. Louisiana Monroe, you'll be favored in. Mississippi State, you'll be favored in. And you're going towards what looks to be a 9-3 and three season, barring a roadblock. Now, there's several teams that could slip up and beat Ole Miss on this schedule that we've rated as a W. But that doesn't mean that this, this scenario isn't the right scenario. It, I mean, 
we try to do this. When we talk about how Lane Kiffin you generally loses a game he's supposed to win, that game at Auburn fits that bill. The game at Alabama, even though Ole Miss has a better chance of beating Alabama than they do LSU, you can see I've got the W and L flipped in that scenario as well. It's quite interesting, but we're getting close to Texas A&M and the Real Housewives of College Station, the Georgia Bulldogs in Athens. These are going to be two difficult games, but if Ole Miss gets a split over these next two, it's a win, honestly. So we'll see exactly what they're able to do as well. I do think that the Ole Miss Rebels are on their way to a really good football season. They're, they're on their way to positioning themselves well for the 2024 football playoff run because the next 15 months, we did a whole show on it, the next 15 months are unbelievably massive for the Ole Miss Rebels. Starting now, it's already going. The work that they're doing now for Mercer is a major, major part moving forward. It just is. Anyway, I do want to thank everybody for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast their first listen every day. Every dayers, Charles Stackhouse is going to be coming on in the next week or so. We're tr still trying to set that date up, but he's a great interview and has an interesting perspective about all things Ole Miss sports. And he also has some great stories from those cut years and everything that was kind of my wheelhouse of paying attention to as a young adult slash older child. Um, so I have some questions always about that. He was on the field, for instance, during the infamous seven overtime game with the Arkansas Razorbacks where Matt Jones just turned into the roadrunner over and over again and you just couldn't catch him. Just is what it is. Anyway, thank you very much for tuning in and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Hotty toddy.